Hello, everyone. Um, I am with uh, two uh, students, a master in financial engineering student, uh, Ramos Wu and uh, Jack Dean. Um, I thought it makes sense for us to talk about uh, a salient topic, uh, Robin Hood, the hedge funds, GameStop. I'm sure anybody that understands um, that's in finance wants to know what's going on and them and, and, all the, and the, the entire team was abuzz with, with comments and what's going on. I figured, let's do a podcast. Let's talk about it. Uh, you know, what happened, first of all, um, you know, this, this relationship between uh, the small investor and the hedge funds. I mean, game stock, uh, the game stock, uh, stock went up almost tenfold. I mean, interesting value will tell you this thing is not worth anything, but Obviously, somebody's paying for it. Is there something else going on? Uh, you know, Jack will talk to us also about the plumbing, the relationship, the interrelationship, the connectivity, and how this actually works. And then we'll, we'll finish talking about the regulations. You know, do we need to do anything or we just let it be? So, um, Ramos, uh, why don't you launch it and you yeah, start? Yeah, so uh, thank you, Professor, for inviting me into this. So I guess I can provide some um, basic background about what happened. So um, there is a forum called the Wall Street Bets. Normally, people are just screaming about what kind of crazy trades they're, they're uh, doing. You know, some of them make uh, millions of dollars overnight, and some of them basically lose their whole, whole life saving overnight. And it's a lot of crazy stuff happening. So I guess in Wall Street Bets, this forum, a lot of people have seen that GameStop has been struggling, even with COVID. A lot of people are trying to buy consoles, and um, they also found out that a lot of the institutional traders and um, the big hedge funds are short selling the stock. So they're just screaming and trying to get everyone to prop up the price. So almost 200 millions of the traders in um, Wall Street Bets, this forum on Reddit, all decided to buy GameStop and which prop up the price for about 10 times as Professor just mentioned. And um, after that, Robin Hood uh, decided to block all the the buying uh, from the from these retail uh, investors, and that kind of created a controversy. And so that's basically what happened. And also, uh, no, not only they targeted GameStop, but after that, there was Nokia, BlackBerry, AMC. These stock has been struggling for for years now, and then somehow they're all up around five to to ten times as what they're and, and that's the thing is. right i mean all yeah. these stocks were not doing well i mean uh, gamestop as a retailer wow when was the last time you go into one of those stores uh, so some but but this the idea that they all got together and say okay let's quote unquote prop up this stock for good or bad yeah. reason and then and then the thing is that it creates a lot of controversy a lot of people are not happy with this um with, with what they're doing because they're basically you can say they're really manipulating or screwing the market, but also this kind of trades by that 200 million people on Reddit, it's all based on speculation. They don't have any insider information and what they're doing is com completely legal. So um, whether or not Robinhood decided to block these traders from trading that specific six to eight stocks, um, I think it's something that we can just um, really discuss about. Jack? I think, I think the key thing to understand with, with GameStop is the reason the effect was so strong is because of it, its short interest. There was 100, I think I had it at 102 or 103% short interest 
Uh, so we saw the, the short squeeze, which, you know, we've seen it before. Essentially, when something's overshorted and you get a lot of buy actions, all of a sudden the price skyrockets. It's this weird market condition. Um, that's why the GameStop thing was a little bit more, you know, seen than some of these other names. But, you know, they're all they're all kind of named. Uh, they're all kind of, you know, you, you can see the, the effect that that Robinhood well. The, the retail traders or the technical term they call themselves on wall street bets is YOLO investors, which is kind of funny. Um, just cause it, it's, you know, literally betting and like, that's how people are, are looking at it. And, you know, part of the way they're taking these positions and this is what's, you know, interesting to me, right. Is like the retail trader has always been there, played in the equity markets, you know, bought stocks low, sold high, the typical way that, you know, an investor invests. But the new thing now, like everyone thinks they're an options trader now, like everyone is, you know, taking these naked option positions on these names. Like there was one Reddit user who the wall, the journal actually did a, uh, a profile on the guy he made. He was up $50 million at one point on naked option trades on GameStop. And to, to, to be be clear he made this position over a year ago too. So like, he kind of like saw, I, I mean, I don't know if he saw something coming or he just, has a good feel for it, but like, it wasn't like a small position. It was a, it was a $50,000 position he had a year ago. And, you know, he ended up being up uh, 50, 50 million and then he lost 15 million the next day. So it's, it's, it's funny. I, I say it's funny to see it. It's funny to see it. Cause it's not, you know, conventionally done that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that most of us as finance students are taught how to trade these derivatives. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting time uh, to say the least. And there's some plumbing issues that go into it that I think caused some of the issues that we saw that I don't think everyone's understanding. Um, so, you know, I was going to go into that a little bit. Yeah, uh, let's do it. So, let's do it. Yeah. So the, the, the key thing there to understand is Robinhood's a brokerage, right? They're like E-Trade, they're like Schwab. They're essentially allowing their clients to say, hey, I want to take this position. And then Robinhood has to go to a, a, a dealer or a market maker and say, OK, like I have a customer that wants to make this trade. I need to I need a position on this. And the market maker quotes them a market and, you know, the trade happens and the person owns their stock, whatever. And that's how this industry has worked. But as the industry has you know, become more and more run by shifted to embrace technology, right? Because you used to have, you know, traders in pits, wearing funny jackets, making hand signals, yelling at each other to take positions. And, you know, you either had to go to the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ or the Chicago Board of Trade or the Chicago Options Exchange to, to make these positions. But now as things have become digitized, right, these exchanges are no longer on the pits and they're in these data centers, right? And there's more of them. There's, I think it's like 17 current public exchanges, right, where this stuff happens. But then in addition to that, and this is what's where things get convoluted with these retail trades is you have these dark pools, which are essentially off the books exchanges. And that's where a lot of these trades take place on the equity markets, to be clear, for uh, these brokerage. So to give you an example, right, if you place a trade on Robinhood, right, you'll, you'll, you'll say what your trade is, Robinhood then reaches out to the market makers. So the key market maker uh, for Robinhood is Citadel, Citadel Securities to be, to be specific, right? Um, there's a lot of Citadels. They all fall under one, one Citadel, but Citadel Securities is the key market maker. 
and they, to give you an idea of their size, they touch 40% of all stock trades, right? They're on one side or another of 40% of all trades, apparently, which is kind of crazy to think about it. That's a lot of volume, right? And what, what happens is Citadel makes a market for Robinhood. Robinhood executes the trade. The trade happens. And this might happen on an exchange. It might happen in a dark pool. The, the obligation of the broker is what's called best price, uh, which if you read dark pools, uh, he goes, uh, Michael Lewis goes really into how this stuff works. Um, doesn't necessarily work out. Robinhood actually got slapped with a $65 million lawsuit that they settled. Uh, I think it was last year on, on something with this issue uh, who they, they said they fixed. I, it's kind of hard to understand because you have to really go into, you know, how this stuff works to know if that's how it's fixed, but generally that's how it works. And then the trades registered with a clearinghouse. Robinhood has supposed to collateral until the trade clears, you know, these are typically how this would work. But the problem is like the collateral that they're posting is a multiplier of the volatility of the name being traded or of the market. And because GameStop became so volatile, because so many people were trying to pile into it, the volatility multiplier went up astronomically. And all of a sudden, Robinhood was being asked to post billions of dollars in collateral that they couldn't do. And in three days, they raised $3.4 billion so they could allow trading on these names while they had paused position openings, um, which yeah. is an astronomical number it's more than they had raised as a company in their entire existence so so that's something that i guess like the insiders or like people who has more knowledge of like what is really going on would know so so the thing is what you have said about that one person on um on reddit wall street bets putting a fifty thousand dollars naked trade and end up getting 50 million dollars and then uh for the past two three weeks i got a uh, multiple phone calls and just people asking me, hey, can you buy 100 shares of GameStop for me? And then, so I guess like people around us, like common traders were like people who has zero to limited knowledge. They're all trying to get rich quick. They're all trying to get in as soon as possible and trying to get something out of it. And I guess that's the, what the Robinhood was saying. They released a statement saying that they were trying to protect people. They're trying to protect these people. So that's the reason they're blocking the trade. So were you saying that it's actually they're not trying to protect the, the retail investor, but rather themselves because of the, the collateral they have to be, be paying? I mean, in my opinion, and this could be construed as controversial, mm -hmm. in my opinion, if they wanted to protect the trader, they'd allow them to play in the equity space and they wouldn't allow them to play in the derivative space because that's where the bet concept comes in. And that's where you have guys losing crazy amounts of money in a very short amount of time. It's a leverage that's playing in, right? Because you you mentioned you mentioned gambling, right? The difference between investing and gambling is that well, with the with gambling, um, you know, when we used to trade credit default swaps, uh, well, you know, you never own the asset, so you're betting on that's literally on on the movement with no intention of owning the asset right. or not even owning the asset. So that's gambling. Right? When you invest, you have to have something to invest. You have your cash and you get a share or a bond or something. Here, feels to me that this is, um, this is purely ether and uh, speculation and, um, you know, and aided by what? What aided this? Is the, what, what, what was the spark? Was, I mean, I guess the fact that you could now, you know, on, uh, now it's a lot easier to do it 
right than before because you have to go in the pits now you don't go in the pits you you you're, it's you're a lot you're... easier and i i feel like it's a lot easier which makes it a, a very scary because like i remember that one day gamestop was up by about like uh more than 100 percent. then the next day they lost like 50 percent and i guess like that's normal just because the volatility that's um you know with the with gamestop stock but what what happened to those people who has limited savings and literally just trying to get rich uh, overnight, trying to buy in and get out tomorrow. So what is the, how can people really protect, uh, how can, um, I guess, regulators or um, uh, these brokerage really protect people from making these crazy bets? Because a lot of things, because this sounds like betting to me in, in, instead of investing. Jack, right is now, that what they were doing? They were trying to protect? You say, you say that's no. what they claim was... they said. Their statement was, we have halted position opening on these 10 names, GME, BB, BBY, uh, AMC, to name a few, right? Because they wanted to protect their clients, i.e. their traders, and the firm, which is a couple, you know, a couple things going on there to me, right? So in addition to that statement, they also withdrew hundred plus million dollars from the revolving line of credit. They raised $900, billion, $900 million overnight. The next three days, they raised another 2.4 billion, right? To me, and this is just conventional, to, to me, this is conventional security analysis. Whenever a firm withdraws their line of credit and they put out anything that says, and to protect the firm, they have a liquidity crisis. That's that's how I've, I've interpreted it. That, that sounds right, yeah. And I don't mean to say, and, and, and Vlad Tenev, CEO of, of Robinhood, was on CNBC and he said, we don't have a liquidity crisis, but then said that, right? Which Andrew Ross Sorkin was interviewing, I give him a lot of credit because he said, yeah, but that sounds like you have a liquidity crisis, right? And to, to me, that, that's what that says. I don't really, like, it's, it's, it's hard to say because you don't, they're not a public company and you can't just look at their financials, but everything's pointing that way you know as as someone that's you know done some basic security analysis before i mean i don't know if if you have another way of looking at that professor but yeah that's that's how i would interpret it well whenever you draw a revolver right um well i guess as long as you repaid by the end of the year um but um so where do they stand now i mean because they, they they got lots of money. I mean, people, you know, they were able to 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 um, raise lots of cash. Well, the the thing is, as long as they have users, Robinhood will make money. Mm -hmm. um, the the interesting like business model that goes on with these re, these uh, brokerage retail trader brokerage services is this thing called payment for order flow, um, which is this concept. Uh, <laughs> It's actually established by uh, Ber Bernie Madoff, uh, the same Bernie Madoff <laughs> you're thinking of the Ponzi scheme. Yeah, this, this 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 is the guy that came up with this system. Uh, yeah, where where the market maker who they're capturing a bid ask spread, right? That's that's their P and L. Uh, will pay the brokerage service to execute trades. So in this case, like Robinhood made the most. I wrote this down because I was reading this earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robinhood Please. makes the most out of these brokerage services. And they received 23 cents per 100 shares traded on the equity markets and 62 cents per 100 con uh, options contracts traded in derivative markets. Um, 
for, and the for average, the trades because because the market 25. makers, uh, not not exact. That that's just what what I got from the Financial Times. Um, but what the you're saying the average was was fifty cents. The average is around fifty cents. Contract. So yeah, so it seems like what they're and what they're really getting from the Wall Street and um, it's they're really trying to protect Robinhood. It seems like that. Well, well, what's happening is. The market maker, as long as there's a positive bid ask spread, will always make money, right? And the reason that this payment for order flow was put in was because at the time, market makers were, were trading and they were quoting things in eights as opposed to in decimals. So there was a large bid ask spread that they were capturing, um, which of course the decimalization makes it smaller. And then they're also saying, oh, the market makers are making so much money because they're executing all these trades. The volume's gone way up with high frequency trading and whatever. So they said, okay, brokerages are going to get paid by the, by the market maker, uh, which is going to cut into the market maker's profit, which is good for the retail investor in a way, because then the retail investor has no commission. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't cost you five bucks to place a trade, right? It, it now is, oh, I can trade for free on my own account. Great. And this is how Robinhood makes money. So Robinhood will always, as long as there's customers, they'll always make money. Uh, and then the market makers, as long as there's order flow, they'll always make money. So hmm. it becomes it's an like, interesting question. Hey, Jack. Yeah. You know, it's like the casino business, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as you, as long as, as long as I have, as long as people come in, we'll make money. Mm-hmm. The, exactly. the name and of that's... the game is to bring the people in the casino because we'll yes. make money whenever they're in the casino. Pretty much. Yep. That's how this one works. Yeah. Um, and, then, and that's, that's interesting on the, on regulation because on, on Capitol Hill, they're calling for this payment for order flow system is wrong and it needs to be regulated. And it's like, all right, like I see that side of it because payment for order flow is kind of what got us into this mess in a way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, well, commission free trading is also pretty cool. So I don't know. It's it's a tough one. So it, it just really seems to me that like where Robinhood and the other brokers uh, blocking the the buy order for the trade, kind of jeopardizing the the honesty and the reliability of the free market that people are saying. So, what is your take on what's the better, I guess, like regulation, or is there anything that can really protect the clients, also protecting uh, the firms being traded and and these brokers? Like, is there a way that that well, we can really create a reliable and free market. So, so this is the thing, right? In high levels of volatility, the market has systems to halt trading, right? So mm-hmm. in, it used to be for, for NICE, the specialists could at their own discretion say, okay, we're, we're halting trading until we can catch up, right? And now it's, you have circuit breakers in that say, okay, like we've hit this whatever volume metric or whatever volatility metric, we're halting trading, right? Now it becomes instead of the because the exchanges right are no longer just you know these four exchanges in the in the country right now it's there's 17 of them plus there's 44 dark pools you know that exist right there's no way you can say oh we're halting trading because you know you could if if you can't get you know your nice stock on on the New York stock exchange, you can go over to NASDAQ and get it. Like you can, you can trade, you can trade on multiple exchanges. Right. So it's, it's tough to do because it's all, it's decentralizing if you will. So there's no way to say, Oh, halt done. We're not doing this right now. 
and this is the thing that like when Robinhood said we're going to halt trading like one they had to do it they couldn't post the collateral required in the clearinghouse is how i've interpreted it but like in addition to that it's the only way retail traders had access to trade was Robinhood, E-Trade, or Schwab. And you can't just go open these accounts. It takes two days for your funds to clear to go trade it. So you can't be like, oh, let me go over to the other exchange like a prop trader could. You know, a prop trader, oh, I can't get it here. I'll go, I can't get it on, on NASDAQ. I'll go over to BATS. You know, like it doesn't really, it doesn't work the same way for the retail investor because so, the retail um, investor doesn't when have we had access. The, we had the, the problem with the credit default swap, right? That, that thing was... Was was larger than than the stock market, right. even though it was in the dark web. It was it was it was it was, um, it was uh, bilateral kind of agreements, but it was larger. So then this whole thing collapsed. We know what happened in two thousand and eight. I know because I was there. So then they came in and they said, okay, you know, we need uh, you need a trading uh, you need a clearinghouse, right? So which you have in this case. But what you don't have and what you're saying is you can't stop it. Yep. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> but what if, what if there's a way that, uh, you know, that like, we can kind of regulate, I guess that, that kind of go against uh, um, the free market. But uh, like from what I've known is that, yeah, it takes two to three days to open an account, but also opening an account, it's, it's really easy. And, and it's the people, it's the retail traders making this, making the like causing this craziness, and also kind of uh, aiding to this crazy. So, is there really a way that we cannot like stop it? So we just let let it flow because I know that like you can't let it flow. That's because because my take is flow, right now like we've we've seen what happens when you let it flow. You get the flash crash. You know, like when you when you see like one bot sees one thing and goes, Oh, yeah. Hey, I got to get out of this. Mm -hmm. And then it gets out. And then the other bot sees it. And then all of a yeah. sudden you've got the widest bid ass spreads we've ever seen. This yeah. can't execute trades. Like it's, there's no, there's no way you can effectively do it. The, I guess the best way we've seen was in black Monday in 87 when market makers just didn't answer their phones. But then like, that's a problem because, you know, people are still trading in some way. People are still trading. The insiders are still trading in some way or another. And it's just, it, it, it's, it would be impo un almost impossible to regulate in my eyes with, with that kind of thing. It looks like it's almost like a warning because you're right. And, 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 and that question was born by, by Ramos, right? Yeah. I mean, it's great because prices are going up. So, oh my God, uh, you know, how much money am I making? Oh, you, you're mm -hmm. preventing me from making more money. But what about if it goes the other way around? So, yeah. So it seems to me that like all the volatility starts from the, uh, the, retailing, the retailer investors. It, it all starts from there. Um, I, yes and no. I, the retail investors increased volatility, but I, there's broader market conditions that are affecting it too uh like it's it, it's it's tough to say because it's you know it's kind of it, it, it's tough to say like i wouldn't say like oh the volatility is just because of the retail trader but mm -hmm. you know it's that's just a broader market condition like it depends on who's interacting i, I wouldn't say it's just because of the, they're they're a factor no doubt but i wouldn't they're, say it's just them yeah they're definitely a factor also the spark of like why is this happening so 
I guess the whole the whole issue it's more systematic. It's all across the whole financial market. Well, yeah, it's how do you deal with with volatility is a question that the market. So, what about the regulations? Itself. What are they going to do for regulation? What, what what could they do? Uh, I don't. That's a tough one. I mean, in 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 the wake of the, the crash in 87 market makers were required to honor quotes. Um, you couldn't just not answer mm-hmm. uh, th- w- was their solution there. And then, you know, later on you get this best price thing that came out, which was, or was not good, depending on your viewpoint, you can read up on that. Um, many, a couple years later. I, I mean, now I think if you really wanted to regulate it, you have to find a way to control trading of names across exchanges and that includes the off the books exchanges, the, the, the dark pools, for instance, right? That such that you know exactly how something's acting and it's not just like, oh, it's whatever. But then that begs the question of like, well, is the market, does that add more imperfections to the market or more perfections to the market? Like it's, it's, it's tough to say, cause like, you know, no one can really, understand like okay this is how the, the market is operating because the market is so complex as time has gone yeah. on so it's and you it's know really, you 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 brought up 1987 um and uh so the market dropped 20 percent in one day you know robert chiller uh did a survey right after that right he sent out a very famous survey and he sent out to a thousand people i mean uh, you know people in the market and say hey why did you sell on that day and and it's documented that his, his, his paper basically says that, well, there was no really one single event that caused it. So when I hear this and I hear the discussion about, okay, we're going up, great. What about, you know, if this thing heads south, mm-hmm. uh, what's going to happen? And because we don't really know what causes stock market crashes, like we know, we kind of know when it's happening, but we, we don't understand them because it's, you know, and in 87, it certainly didn't. And it was one of the largest, if not the largest, percentage-wise. This could be a warning, right? And maybe that's why Yellen and and the Fed is getting involved in terms of trying to, quote-unquote, regulate this. Um, I don't know, maybe we're back for another podcast two weeks from now where the market crashes because of the fact that, you know, well, we don't understand it it's easy to see it. It's very easy to be a bear right now because, mm-hmm. you know, the Fed is, has pumped up the market into this massive bubble. A lot of people would argue. And, yeah. you know, this is one of those things that like the crash happens when fear overtakes greed. And mm-hmm. a lot of people had a lot of fear when they saw what the, the retail trader could do. Uh, and, you know, I, I was kind of saying like, this could be down in the next, if not tomorrow, the next few weeks, like this is probably not good for the market as a whole yeah. regarding its performance, not necessarily it's not good to have the retail trader involved. Retail traders should be involved in the market. It's their money. They're entitled to be involved, but for the market yeah. condition as a whole, it, it could be an issue okay. the way it's operated right now. Very good. So I think we'll, um, Ramos, any parting comments or, um, yeah, I, I was just uh, I was just agreed on um, what Jack was saying because um, you know fear it's more than greed, and then uh, we tend to know that a lot of retail traders or you know just common people that you know you see you see in a CVS they they're probably trading too, but we know that like the retail traders I read the numbers only about fourteen to fifteen percent, 
So yeah, they could be doing a lot of crazy actions. They could be panicking and panic selling that caused some, but I guess the whole, the whole thing and uh, in, in terms of regulating and also how the market is moving is still mainly on the hand of uh, institutional traders. So I guess uh, we will have to see what the SEC and all the Fed, what, they, what their action is going to be, because okay. this is something scary. Yeah. Let's wait and see uh, what they say, and then we'll, uh, we'll be back and, uh, for part two of this uh, interesting discussion. Okay. Thank you. Sounds Guys, good. thank Thanks you very much. Thank you so much. Have a good Jack, day. Thanks.